Dr. Michael Roizen. Dr. Michael Roizen. You, the Owner's Manual Radio Show. You're listening to You, the Owner's Manual Radio Podcast on Radio MD, iHeart, or wherever you download us from. Thank you for doing that. We have a wonderful guest on a financial topic today. We do that, oh, maybe five or six times a year. And obviously, financial stress is a big part of overall health and stress. So it's totally appropriate. From savvy saver to smart spender, how to pick a tax-wise retirement withdrawal strategy is the name of the book authored by Daniel McDonald, Daniel W. McDonald. And it's a short, quick read that is excellent in making several points about the wisdom of how you withdraw your money and the importance of that strategy to saving taxes with a number of really important examples. This is different because we normally have people like, if you will, Gene Chatsky, my co-author on Age Proof, who talks about saving so much. This is about what you do after you've saved to be wiser in that way. We're brought to you as usual by Longevity Playbook, longevityplaybook.com. And if you go to the library on that, you'll see how just how important financial stress is to overall health and living. You'll also see at the other of our sponsors, lifesfirstnaturals.com. They're the makers of both TrueBiotics and Bovine Colostrum. You can go to their website and see the results of randomized controlled trials and learn why I take them based on those data. That's lifesfirstnaturals.com. Our guest, as I said, is a wise, if you will, financial planner, but wise also because in this book, he talks about the importance of a strategy that is based on what's happening in tax rates. So what he has said is that the current tax reduction that went to 37% or 38% from about 50% for the maximum tax is likely to expire in 2026. And that's one reason. And two is if you retire early, or retire before age, before your mandatory retirement RMDs, your retirement mandatory distributions, you may have a lower tax rate in those lower earning years and thus save a ton on tax dollars. At least that's the theories. The practice is what the book goes through. So I'm going to ask, in case you want to refer friends to it, to learn about tax smart strategies for being a smart spender. Dan, thank you for being on. Dan, again, is the author of From Savvy Saver to Smart Spender, How to Pick a Tax-Wise Retirement Withdrawal Strategy. It's available on Amazon. Dan, tell me what motivated you to, to write the book one and two. Did I get the two essences of principles right? Thanks for having me on your show, Dr. Mike. And yes, I think you got the gist of it pretty well. 
And for me, the impetus for writing this book came from my getting to the point where I was, I will call semi-retired. I downshifted a little bit at my law firm of over 35 years from being full-time to of counsel, which was more part-time. And I realized as I was thinking about the next steps from a financial standpoint, that all those years of saving, I, it was all I had to do to get ready before retirement is just save as much as you can. And in the book, I mentioned it's kind of like going up the roller coaster. I was going up that roller coaster for 35 years, but it doesn't really prepare you for the other side where you go down. And now we're in the withdrawal phase from all the money that you saved. And I realized there's a lot of things I hadn't really thought about for uh, retirement from a financial standpoint. Just because I'd saved money, that wasn't enough. And that's what led to the book. Yeah, that's the impetus. But did I get the two points right, that the major changes are related to both the tax rate changes that are likely to occur because of the expiration of the sundowning, or as you call, we're in the honeymoon phase. I think you call it, we're in the honeymoon phase of taxes now with a lower rate, at least until 2026. And the second point being that people who retire at, say, 65, and I don't think the mandatory retirement deduction kicks in till 72, in that period, they can manipulate which bucket, and I think you call them buckets, the bucket that is tax deferred and the bucket that isn't tax deferred that they've got saved. They can manipulate those two to get a tax-wise strategy. Right. There's really two honeymoons going on in a sense that you're kind of touching on. One is the honeymoon. If you think of it, I was like a U-curve. While you're working, you've got that income, so you're in a higher tax bracket. So that's kind of the high left part of the U. Then when you stop working, you don't have that taxable income for a few years. And before you start taking the withdrawals from your IRA and 401k tax deferred accounts, you could be in a really nice low tax bracket for a few years. Let's say from 65 to your RMD age, as you were referring to, required minimum distribution age, which can start at about 72. It's just recently going to go, they changed it so it can be as late as 74, depending on your birth year. So there's a few years in there, maybe five to 10 years or so, where you might be in a really low tax bracket. And then once these required minimum distributions start, though, when you get into your 70s, all of a sudden that tax bracket can jump up again because all of those distributions are all taxable as just ordinary income. So the point of the book is don't wait to withdraw from those 401k and IRA accounts until you hit your required distribution date. Just because the IRS requires it doesn't mean you should wait until then. Now, Dan, one thing I didn't see in the book, and maybe it's in here, is if you're in those tax-deferred accounts, you don't have to pay on the gains you make until you take it out, right? And so is there a point of earning? In other words, if you're earning X percent a year in those, is there a point where, in fact, it makes sense to leave it in there, even if you're in a lower tax bracket? It is. And I call that conventional wisdom in the book, because if you're talking about 20 or 30 years that you're leaving it in there, that idea that it can keep building it at a tax deferred level certainly pays off over time. But when you get closer, it's just a five years or so away from using that money, number one. Number two, one thing that overlooks is the fact that if you have your IRA or 401k in, let's say, mutual funds or stocks that have capital gains, if they're not in a 401k, their tax capital gains are taxed at a lower rate than regular income. But when it 
when you get capital gains in an IRA or a 401k and you withdraw, that's taxed at the higher regular income tax rate. So that offsets a lot of that benefit that you see from tax deferral, especially when you're getting close to the point where you're going to start withdrawing that money anyway. So you go through a number of examples in the book, in the latter chapters of moving money from bucket one to bucket two between when you retire and when you have the required minimum distribution, right? And that's really calculated on us living to what, 90, what age? Well, they use all the actuarial tables. It kind of washes, you know, when you look at what they do with Social Security, you know, every, if you delay Social Security, you know, it'll go up because they know you won't live as many years after you start if you wait until 70. But it's basically, you hit a kind of a break even in the 80s. They use kind of the normal actuarial tables where people are usually expected to. Right. But I'm saying if you're planning on living, one of the things that's happened in this show and in the science that we've talked about is in the last literally 20 years since the human genome was uncovered, there's been a exponential growth in research into the mechanism of aging so that now there are 14 different processes in aging that have been reversed in at least two animal species. Meaning, Dan, when you get to 90, there's a real shot, about an 80% shot, we would guess, with 14 shots on goal. And many of these are beginning to move into human testing. They already can reverse. There are two companies now set up, one at Hopkins and one at Harvard-MIT, that take 15 to 18-year-old dogs and make them three-year-old puppies again, <laughs> and they charge you seven to $20,000 to do that. And they retain their knowledge, but all their organ functions return to that of a younger dog. And so there's an 80% chance, we believe, that when you're 90, you're going to be able to be 40 again. So one of the things we say is don't give up your of-counsel job. So this doesn't include those people like myself. I'm 77 or 78. I uh, just had a birthday. So 78. And I'm still at in a high earning, in a full tax bracket, if you will, as a physician. So this wouldn't pertain to me as well, since my tax bracket, still the 2026 thing would pertain. Right, right. So yeah, taxes are going up later. So you withdraw more now, you'll be at a lower rate than if you will be if you're later. One thing that what you're mentioning brings up though is social security, the benefits of waiting to start social security until at least full retirement age of 67, but even better if you can wait until 70, because you actually get 24% more every month in social security, just waiting from age 67 to 70 to start. And then that higher 24% is gonna be with you until you're 80 or 90 or go back to 40 or whatever else you're doing after you hit 90. So that's kind of great old age insurance, number one. And number two, the strategies of my book are very complementary to deferring Social Security because you start taking your money out of your 401k or IRA before you hit 70 to meet your expense needs so that you can defer Social Security to 70 and take advantage of those bigger numbers for the rest of your life. We split it. So I started at 67, my wife at 70, just because we were thinking they were talking during the Obama era of means testing Social Security. 
So we decided to hedge our bets and one of us take it out early and one of us, it's really not early. People can take Social Security as early as 62, but obviously waiting longer is better. And since you're a real student of this, I should say that I think you live in Arizona. Is that correct? And you actually split my time between Naples, Florida and Minnesota now. In Minnesota. And you were president of the Minnesota Bar, as I remember it, or of the Bar Association. I was chair of the University of Minnesota's Alumni Association, which has more people in it than the Minnesota Bar. (laughs) (laughs) In any case, you are a lawyer of great skill and association, and I just want you to tell us what the honeymoon period is. So in 2000, and was it 19, there were a series of tax changes. Now, one of those involved, I can't deduct the interest on my home as much as I could. Yeah, they limited the state taxes you could deduct. You know, there are state income taxes or state property taxes. Yeah, the state, there is a reduction in that. Um, does that go away too, or is it just the lower tax rate that goes away? I think a lot of it goes away. I'm not 100% sure about that particular feature, but the standard deduction change, and it'll go back to the lower standard deduction that it used to be. It was in 2017 where they passed this law with the sunset at the end of 25. The tax brackets are all going to be shifted a little bit so that at any given income level, you're probably going to be paying at a higher tax rate, but also you have a lower deduction. These days, I think a lot of people can get by just using the standard deduction because between those caps on the state taxes and their other deductions they might have, the standard deduction works better for them. But if we go back to the lower standard deduction, that may not be the case anymore in 26. But yeah, generally rates are going to go up. So if you can take out some money out of your IRA and 401k before we get to 26. Yeah, assuming again, Congress does nothing because in theory they could lower or keep the rate lower extended and all that. But the way Congress works, I guess if I was a betting man, I'd say it's more likely they were gonna have gridlock on the issue and maybe it would just naturally go up. We'll, we'll see though. I mean, it's hard to predict the future there, but all the biases would be in favor of tax rates going up when you look at the fact that historically over the last 50 years, we've never really had tax rates lower than we have right now, even as we're facing big budget deficits and interest rates that the government has to pay too, that have gone up, it seems like the pressure is going to be more on increasing income tax rates than decreasing them. We're talking with Daniel McDonald, Daniel W. McDonald, M-C-D-O-N-A-L-D. The book is From Savvy Saver to Smart Spender, How to Pick a Tax-Wise Retirement Withdrawal Strategy. So for those of you who are thinking about retiring or have retired or working just part-time after the age of 65 and before the 74 mandatory deduction kicks in, and clearly before the start of 2026, this is a great book to not only get your hands on, and I'm showing Dan how I've read it and underlined certain parts of it. I make a a habit of reading at least half of each book before I interview someone, but this one I couldn't couldn't resist reading the whole thing since I thought it pertained to us, my wife and I, and as well as many of our listeners as well. It is, again, from Savvy Saver to Smart Spender, and it received a reader's favorite book award winner, but it is Daniel W. McDonald, 
and he probably is a semi-retired, so may have used this himself and may have learned this himself and then decided to publish it because it was so pertinent, not only to him, but to all of us as well. So thank you for doing that. Daniel, we've only got a couple minutes left, so go ahead and tell me some of the other points in the book if you want to, or I would just like to say this book is one that is really worth purchasing and perusing, going through in detail yourself. He goes through the examples of Pat and Chris 1.0, Pat and Chris 2.0, Pat and Chris 3.0 to talk about social security strategies to talk about withdrawal from bucket one, which is tax deferred accounts and bucket two. One thing you didn't talk about, and before I get to your last points is you didn't talk about, is there any value in withdrawing from a Roth IRA early since a Roth IRA already has after tax money in it and you get the full benefit of not withdrawing from that as long as possible, I think. Yeah, I think generally, if you've got money in a Roth IRA, it works out pretty well to postpone using that as long as you can, because it'll grow tax-free forever. And when you take it out, it's also tax-free at that point, because you already paid taxes on it when you first put it into the Roth. So that's money that I would put off using as long as I can, unless I wanted to use it to extend out that Social Security start date. If I was 69, I needed a few extra dollars to wait till 70 to get that extra 8%. I might use a little bit of my Roth money then, you know, if I had a good reason. Got it. Now, the Roth IRA, though, I guess never since you put it in, it's only the gain. Do you get taxed on the gains or you don't get taxed on the gains either, do you? No, that's kind of a double bonus there and also has some benefits for your heirs if you pass it on as well. So there's a lot of great things about a, a Roth IRA. And one of the things you can do in those in-between years we're talking before you start your required minimum distributions is maybe take some of your money out of your regular IRA and put it into your Roth IRA. There was a time in 2010, I believe, or in that, maybe it was 2008-9, in that period where you could move a regular IRA to a Roth IRA at a very inexpensive rate during the budget crisis of the great financial crisis of 2008-10. to Anything else I have missed that we should tell our audience about? Well, just that the book goes with my website, retirementtaxsaver.com, where you can plug in your own personal financial information and really run some numbers to find the, the ideal strategy for you. So this isn't just a generic message. It's very The book really helps you customize this for yourself. So it's retirementtaxsaver.com. And as you say, you're not selling them an insurance product. You're not selling them a uh, annuity. You're just trying to help people. Retirementtaxsaver.com and the book From Savvy Saver to Smart Spender, How to Pick a Tax-Wise Retirement Withdrawal Strategy, Daniel W. McDonald. Thank you very much. And we'll be back next week. The bees are always great guests like Daniel McDonald has been. The A's, always the latest medical news of the week and what it means to you. We'll be back next week. We have actually coming up a really exciting A segment where I'm going to go over some of the latest discoveries. There's one on elongating the telomeres of your stem cells that allows you to reproduce your own stem cells in your own body 
to repair yourself. Remember, when you have a heart attack or stroke, the reason you want to get to a hospital fast, yes, to restore the blood supply will save some of the tissue around it, but it's really the growth factors and that call forth from dying tissue that call forth your stem cells coming in and replacing it. That's what regrows your brain cells over time. That's what regrows your heart cells over time. And the problem is we run out of stem cells. Well, there's some really great research, maybe next week or the week after in the A segment, we'll talk about the new way of prolonging your stem cell growth that is, of reproducing your stem cells more so you repair yourself more. It's now being used in dog trials for the under FDA trials. It looks very promising. I'll have more data in the near future. In the meantime, thank you, Daniel McDonald, for the book From Savvy Saver to Smart Sender. And thank you, especially those 50,000 of you or so who download us weekly. Thank you. We'll be back next week. Thanks again.